0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Well, today we're gonna share best practices to sell your professional services. You know, whatever type of services you provide, the, the better you're able to promote your services, the better, your bottom line, right? Well, please welcome my guest for the show today, Rod Settomasimo, founder and president of the Massimo Group, North America's leading coaching and consulting organization focused on commercial real estate and related services. Rod, thanks for joining us again on the show.
1: Well, oh, Michael, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here.
0: Well, we like having you here in Atlanta at uh, Studio One, so uh, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, we've enjoyed your coaching uh, for, for many years. You know, you're one of the, the trainers that that trains like I do, as I've told you before, I really like how you help sales professionals and business development people get out there and really do the right things to, to, to produce more business. And, uh, and, and, and while we're talking about that, let's start there. I mean, you have trainers, you have coaches, What's the difference between a training and coaching?
1: Yeah, a great question. We, we really don't train. Training is a great start. It's a, it's a delivery of ideas and then we hope that's implemented. What we do is coach. We provide methodologies and processes and from there we make sure that our clients are held accountable and therefore the, the ideas are implemented and the results are then achieved.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, just as a broad question, how can listeners better sell their services?
1: Well, that's a great word sell and Mm -hmm. i was always told michael don't tell but sell that was so important when we try to articulate what we do for our clients and our Mm -hmm. prospects um but for the audience for everyone i'll I'll say you you have to have a little tell in your sell. you you do because if you can articulate what's going on in your market or what's going on from a service side or how it benefits the prospect there's more likely they're going to see you as an expert. So number one, as I say, practice that tell a little bit. You have a little tell in your cell. You, you do. But let's say you're a market expert, um, no matter what your service might I'll be. I'll say I am, then Okay, I like you that. are a market expert, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, and you are. Yeah. But how do we know you're a market expert, Michael? Mm-hmm. How do we know you are? This is one way, right? right. We absolutely know. You, you articulate it. There's a presence around you. Mm-hmm. You make sure the word is out that Michael Bull is an expert in commercial real estate, in this case, brokerage and consulting. It may be legal, it may be mortgage, it may be whatever, but mm-hmm. that's what we know. So not only are you telling, but you're sharing. So you gotta share that and people know what you're doing. And last but not least, you asked me to be on the show. You asked me to be on the show. So you asking, you have to ask your prospects for business. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how people create this presence in their environment, yet they don't ask for the business. So tell a little more, you know, still sell, but create that presence. And yeah, you have to ask for the business.
0: You have to ask for the order, right? You have to ask for the order. <laughs> I have seen some great presentations, people with great presence that didn't ask for the order. And so people <laughs> just walk away. It's like, just walk away. <laughs> you gotta get the signature. Well, how do you know what to focus on with the clients? Uh, do you need to ask certain questions? Uh, what do you focus on there?
1: Well, the, the number one thing is we have to understand, the clearly understand the client's objectives with the relationship. We do, and and how we do that is twofold. Yes, there's an interview process of really what are you hoping to achieve, and that's what comes a reality check. When a client might say, well, I wanna make a million dollars this year. what did you make last year? A hundred thousand dollars. Well, we have a little, a little disconnect right there, okay? So there's one, the, the client's objectives, but also, most coaching processes, ours particularly, has a specific diagnostic way to understand specifically what's going to take to move that client's business forward.
0: And that's the same way when they're they're going out and reaching their clients, right? Uh, when they're producing, they're trying to tax services to their company. They've got to, when they're talking to the client, they've got to ask the question: see what's important to the client. Really, what are their uh, motives, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, I I've been through. You've been through. You sat with your insurance agent and your financial advisor and your accountant, I'm sure you have and particularly I have as well this time of year where we're really focusing on what's going on and and they ask those questions you're like, "Really, do you need to know all this?" Well, of course they do to really achieve my goals. I have to Understand where I'm coming from and what my objectives are in the short term and the long term.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. I think some people try to sell something to someone before they really know what they need. And, and let's talk about some examples. So let, let's say that that you have a law firm, and you're listening. You have a law firm. How can uh, attorneys use these principles?
1: Well, it, it, first of all, back when I, when I was first when I was younger, I always thought attorneys couldn't advertise. They couldn't market, and those those times. change a little bit they certainly have and now it's social media they absolutely have uh go back to the first question how can i share with my audience my prospects my expertise social media is a fantastic way to do it with some of our uh legal attorney clients we're really leveraging their expertise putting it out in blog formats and other formats and getting the word out that's number one we also found attorneys and others you know i'll ask you michael michael do you have any past clients Yes. No, Michael, you don't. No. You don't have any past clients. You're a past client is someone else's prospect. We purge that word at the Massimo okay. Group. No such thing. We all have inactive clients. Okay. So you sold a multi-million dollar asset for one of your clients last year. They're still your client. They're just not currently active. And one thing we found with attorneys, they really didn't look at it that way. They said, Oh, we, you know, we're billing them. We're fine. What's well, really focused on going after inactive client business and expanding those relationships. We found that to be a great source of revenue for those clients as well.
0: I think that's fantastic. And, and I've had some attorneys that I've talked to because they see that we're pretty good at uh, selling and, and, and promoting our clients' uh, services and, and opportunities. And I tell them the same thing. I say, look, get out there and blog and, and tweet. And, and sometimes it seems like attorneys in particular are a little afraid about tweeting and things because they're afraid they could be held liable.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be, you have to be considerate of what you're putting out there. Um, with our clients specifically, we really focus on a success story or a specific client engagement where they get to sign off from that client. Go ahead and share the information. You you did a great job for me. Let everyone know. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think back to, you gotta share your success.
0: Okay. And what about somebody that's in the mortgage business?
1: Same theory applies, believe it or not. Same theory applies. Most of our clients right now, though we're just about to secure another contract with a larger lender, um, have been on the mortgage brokerage um, side of the business. And for them, it's all about differentiating themselves from the larger mortgage brokerage houses, the banks. It, it just is. So for them, it's taking that expertise and leveraging the success they had and putting it out in a specific fashion to let the world know, hey, not only do I know what I'm talking about, but I'm really good. And, and that works. It really works.
0: Okay, so they can use the same principles of, of getting their presence out there and, and using things like social media. Right?
1: Social media, and Michael, um, we we leverage a, a platform at the Mossmo Group called the presence pyramid. I know it's corny, but it is truly it works. We I mean, we have empirical data now to prove it works. And that is, there are three tiers to presence, one being the physical, right? This is physical, you and I see each other, we'll do a man hug, we'll, we'll, we'll shake, that's that's physical, that's great, great way to create a presence. Then there's a, the physical, so, that was, so this is the personal. The physical, you send out pieces to, to, to specific people, or target audience in the mail or give them a book or a gift, whatever it might be. And last but not least is the digital, the social media. Believe it or not, you have to do all three to truly have a presence. You can't rely on one or two, it doesn't really work. You gotta do all three to a certain ratio.
0: Yeah, I think that's very good advice. I mean, you can't just sit there on social media all day and expect to have a lot of business from it. It it won't
1: work. They might know
0: who you are, but you've definitely not asked for the You're
1: not asking for the business. Not at all.
0: Well, what about commercial brokers? I I know a lot of your business is helping commercial agents and and brokers and coaching for them. What advice do you have to them to, to better sell their services? You
1: know, brokers, commercial brokers, mortgage brokers, attorneys, whatever it may be, appraisers, they, again they assume too much. They just do. They know what I do. They understand the benefits. They've dealt with people like me before. Basically, your clients don't. Your prospects do not. So first of all, don't assume too much. And if you do something successful, don't assume it won't matter, because it absolutely matters. What we really focus on in the presentation perspective, if you're asking for businesses, it's gotta be a conversation. It's never a presentation, always a conversation. if you go in with that, that approach and you structure your, for lack of a better term, your pitch, in that format, you're going to win a lot more
0: business. Right, and it's important to know what's important before you go in that pitch, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: You know, no doubt, you're doing your research. We we have a little saying again. We lot of things. It seems like in the Massimo group, we do have sayings, and and that is, you don't wing it to win it, and and you can't. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, I've had clients, some big clients in major studies, I won't mention them. They've come back and they said we've lost a significant opportunity. And I said, you know, why is it? Had that happen? Had I not know about this as your coach? Oh, this is an old client. We had it in the bag. It was easy. Uh, well, guess what? They just they just winged it, and and competition comes in every day. I mean, yeah. it's just a it's a fact with the environment we live in.
0: Right, and it's important also in that that pitch, if you will, to know who's going to be there. Right, from a from a. Prospect side. Right. If you're, you're you're pitching a group and there's four people there from the company you're pitching, you need to know a little bit about each of those people, right? Yeah,
1: we do. And, and as a Mosmo group, everything we do is on branding. and just seeing Michael here, but mm-hmm. the Mosmo group we have something called the Mosmo Matrix, mm-hmm. and that matrix lays out three specific things. We've learned this process from a, a very good colleague of mine. I'm sure you know him, Ralph Spencer, and then a gentleman named Mark Faust who who wrote the book growth or bust. We took those those principles and we create this matrix that outlines shareholders and stakeholders to every decision. Who's going to be in that room? What's their role? And then what are we presenting and what are the impacts of each?
0: Okay. I want to hear a little bit more about that and I also want to hear some year in and some planning strategies. So we'll have more for you in just a minute. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, last week we covered Obamacare effects on a commercial real estate, and we shared Intel on healthcare real estate investment market. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. Grab your phone, tablet, or computer, and visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing best practices to sell your professional services with Rod Santamassimo with the Massimo Group. And, and Rod, sometimes at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year, is a time when people like to look back at the year before and see what happened, what went well and what didn't go well or not so well, and then plan the next year. What should uh, folks in our audience be thinking about in that regard?
1: Well, you uh, actually said yourself, sometimes people do this, and unfortunately, not enough times do folks do this from a sales perspective. It is the optimal time of year to review and reflect on how that prior year went. Now, it's not just a year. We, we do this for our clients every, and every year and then every six months, and we have some semi-shorter condensed quarterly reviews. Mm-hmm. So there's never a bad time to review what you did, but number one, I would say go back and look at absolutely everything you did. I mean everything you did, from maybe opinions of value or proposals, depending on your your niche and your industry focus, uh, presentations. Everything you did, what succeeded, what didn't, and and why and why not? That's the number one thing. Look at your efforts. Look at your activities. Look at your calls. Look at your meetings. Look at whatever there may be that you can have and you've tracked numbers on. You know, we're a coaching organization, so. We coach that stuff and we we track that stuff. But look back at all your numbers because there's there's an ESPN, and I feel like that today, there's an ESPN little segment that says numbers never lie. And Michael, they don't. Numbers never lie. So look at your numbers and really see what you're doing from an activity front, and then you can set a base for going forward.
0: Okay. And you can also look at what you invested in or what you didn't invest in, I guess, as well, too. So if you went to networking groups or you were paying for some promotional items, you kind of look back, too, and say, well, was that money or that time? well spent right
1: absolutely you gotta look at the roi factor you uh, know return on investment w- w- what you put together and the plans you had did you implement them correctly i'll be the first to say we've put things together and we we launched programs that they didn't work and i know now why they didn't work and we wouldn't do that again right but there's also the return on involvement uh david North theory and that is that the time you spend was mm-hmm. it worth your time mm-hmm. and we find a lot of folks just coming into our programs really have a very low ROI return involvement, in how they spend their time from a production standpoint.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, I've had some and brokers ask me, you know, should I go to this meeting and, go to, and that, go to that meeting? And the meetings were very general and really weren't specific to what they really do for a living and I just said, no, <laughs> you know, you'd know, you be better off doing something that's really in your sector where your clients are going to be, right?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. We, you know, one of my old supervisors used to always ask, what does success look like? If we do this, what does success look like? And we ask our clients, I'm going to a conference or I'm going to a show or I'm going to whatever it might be. We ask the question, well, before you go, what's success going to look like? Sometimes you get a little cross-sided perspective saying, well, what do you mean by that? Right? Mm-hmm. So really, you leave that meeting, what's, how you can you tell me it was successful? If they can't articulate it, we suggest they don't go.
0: Well, that's a good point. So, so let's look at what success might look like uh, when you are planning. So, you've looked back at your last trailing 12 months or, or whatever time period you've looked at, and now you're looking ahead. What do you do with that old information of what you did wrong and right, and to to start planning and implementing uh, your, your 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 activities moving forward?
1: Well, first you have to ask yourself why. So, if you if you ask the question, which you should ask, you know, what met or exceeded expectations, which most sales professionals, top producers especially. Have a hard time articulating because they never think they do good enough, right? But you have to write that down. What met exceed your expectations, and and understand that, and how we can leverage that. that. That's the first thing. If things did not meet expectations, then you really ask the questions, why not? And so we can formulate some objectives going forward. And from that, once you have those objectives, look, you got to get down to the nitty gritty. How are we going to achieve those goals? Something we got to really talk about. How specific are we going to achieve those objectives?
0: Right, and let's talk about that. What are some of the pillars for success? What are some of the ways that that they should implement that plan to be successful?
1: Well, you have to understand if it's real or not. Um, If you're just gonna say, for example, that that example I gave earlier, I'm gonna make a million dollars, great. (laughs) Show me how we're gonna get there, right? Mm Because potentially there's not the velocity in the marketplace or it's not in the position right now to have that done. So there's always a reality check when it comes to hitting objectives and then setting specific metrics to make it happen.
0: Okay. And should those metrics be uh, monthly, weekly, daily?
1: It depends on the the actual action step. Great question. Um, Most of the metrics we track because we find to be true with our our folks is that it has to be weekly. It just has to be weekly. And Those are the simple metrics could be number of calls or number of meetings or proposals or pitches, references and, and the like. And that's just from a prospecting. Then when it comes to presence, number of touches, number of impressions. But there are some monthly metrics, but we don't go beyond monthly because if you track beyond monthly, less likely of be actually being done.
0: Okay. And, you know, it seems like when people are in a, and let's say you're a commercial real estate agent, you really need to look at that, that you're running your own business, right? And so you've got to work on your business as well as in it.
1: A- absolutely true. Um, I like the theory that that's, a, that's an e-myth theory there, and you're absolutely correct. There, there is. And we look at the percentage of working on and in every, every... Six months, we look at that percentage where our clients are doing. If that gets out of whack, if we see less than 80, 20, something's wrong. If it's 95 in doing deals, right? Transactions representing clients, mortgages, something's wrong. You're not building your business. You're working transaction to transaction to transaction. And that, that's problematic.
0: And then, but then you get to salespeople, Rod. Some people are there in sales are there because they're great salespeople, but they're not real organizational people. And 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 they'll they'll say to me, you know, I don't really have time for that. I'm just really busy meeting and talking with the clients. I don't have time to look down and organize what I'm, I'm doing and what I'm going to do. And therefore, they lose a lot of, of, of value that they could be more successful. What do you say to them?
1: You know, I, I, I don't I don't have time for that. So I don't have time to organize. I don't have time. <laughs> (laughs) for time management (laughs) I I ain't got no time for that as they say now (laughs) but no to me that's one of the biggest fallacies and the biggest weaknesses of producers in Mm -hmm. regards becoming a top producer Mm -hmm. Um, you know you mentioned year end starting your strategies I love the holidays I love the holidays but it's also for me personally a great time to time out and look at the entire business we share suggest to our clients take three days to a week Mm -hmm. and go away and let's work on business. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a hard concept to grasp as a producer and a driver and a service person. But it's the best thing you could possibly do to make your business grow.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's important. And then I think it comes down even to daily and weekly that, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're making those calls. They're running out the door, making a call. They're making a call until they go in the in their garage at home. And they're really not planning their day and planning their business. And so they lose a lot of opportunities.
1: Lots of opportunity. We, we make sure, for example, our clients have to plan every day what's happening the next day. They have to.
0: And, and with your coaching, it seems like one of the big aspects that, that I see as, as benefits in the coaching is really accountability. Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> That's a scary word, Michael, <laughs> yeah. i got to tell you. Wait a minute. I'm Accountable to whom? To, to my coach? No, you're accountable to yourself. You are. Um, you know, I remember uh, there was an old movie, and uh, I forget who played it, uh, Ray Foster would look in the mirror and say, showtime every morning, right? Mm-hmm. I look at the mirror every morning. I do this, and I'm not embarrassed to say this. And I say to the mirror, I say to myself, you got to go get employed. You got to go get hired. This is what you got to do. Go make it happen, right? So you got to hold a little self accountability there. You have to. But ultimately, the coach and you will work on metrics that you hold accountable every single week.
0: Well, I think that's very key. And uh, if you're not holding yourself accountable and and no one else is, then. You may not be doing what you're doing. And I think salespeople can get involved in the, in the hope deals and, well, if this one closes and this closes, I'll be fine. And they're not doing those daily and weekly things that if you have a coach and you're held accountable, you'll do the things that will make you success. And we're going to have more success strategies for business development and salespeople. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media, France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some great shows coming up for you, including next week where I'll share my top 10 strategies for success for commercial agents. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once a week email, announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing best practices to sell your professional services with Rod Santamassimo with the Massimo Group. And Rod, I've noticed that some people will have a business plan or a, a person or a company have a business plan and it comes to sit there with, with dust on it. <laughs> Should they be doing something a little more dynamic?
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's the word yeah. <laughs> static and dynamic mm-hmm. business plans we find are very static documents they take mm-hmm. a lot of time to create and then once they create it w- what do you do with it you put it in a drawer and say okay this is what we're going to do <laughs> and then maybe look back a year later and say did we do that I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure yeah so no we believe in action plans and action plans come from the objectives we talked to you about if we have specific goals we have to meet we have something called the Mosmo action plan. Of course, everything we have is branded. It's the maps, the Mosmo maps. And we outline everything that has to get done to achieve that goal, whether it be a weekly or monthly metric, whether it be a recurring event or a specific time date event. You have to have action plans because then you can be held accountable and then watch your progress.
0: Yeah, I think that's key, and that's how I used to, to do it when I was just a single agent, and now I'm running a, a larger firm, but even when I was a single agent, you know, I would look at every everything I did and say, did that work? I mean, every day I'd go to a meeting and say, all right, what could I have done better, so you're continually improving that, and then I think you really, you, you keyed in, you got to check what on you, what you did the last month, the last year, to, to move forward, right?
1: Well, you're unique, Michael, and I applaud you for that. Most agents and most most professionals don't check in on a daily basis, let on a weekly basis, even a hard to do on an annual basis, to check in on what we're doing. So that's the only way to move forward is to look back and, and evaluate how we're doing.
0: I'm a legend in my own mind. I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, therefore, you're a legend to somebody.
0: There you go. At least somebody likes me, right? <laughs> okay. Well, th- th- when you're when you're doing that planning, you're doing that business plan. You, you have those internal things that that you're doing and that you that you know you should do and you want to do, but you also have some external things going on, right?
1: Right. Ab- absolutely. Look, we can create a, a great prospecting and, and presence initiatives and get you out there and get you in front and differentiate you. But differentiating from what, and that number one external factor is competition. You know, so, who's your competition? Have you done a SWOT analysis? What are they pitching? Unfortunately, some people will brighten their lights by dimming yours, and that's going to happen. We understand it. But who is a competition? What are they pitching, specifically in the commercial real estate uh, brokerage arena, and it's now starting the mortgage arena as well? We've seen play every pitch and presentation on the market because there are clients and we've seen them, and unfortunately, a lot of them before they come to us, they're not very different. So there are some things you can do in those external factors to differentiate yourself.
0: Right. And you also got to think about the velocity in the market, right? Like last week, we did a show on the medical office market. And, you know, if you want to get out and start selling medical office building, well, guess what? That's a very small market compared to like the regular office market. So I guess you got to think in your in your monthly or annual business plan of, you know, what are you doing? Is there enough velocity there, right?
1: Absolutely, Michael. Yeah. Great, great point. And,
0: and I just talked to a client
1: this morning uh, in, the, in the airport, and, and they had a certain goal they wanted to hit. So we, we broke it down. Okay, so you know, how many transactions is that going to take? What's your average transaction? What market share does that mean you need to capture and make that happen? And that's part of a reality check, but also velocity in itself, do you understand your velocity? For example, in New York, investment sales properties, it's about 2.6 per year turnover for number of properties sold, percentage of properties sold. It's different in every market. Atlanta might be a little, a little higher potentially than the than New York turnover. But you have to understand that to really understand if I can achieve my goals.
0: Right, well I think that's a good point. And you, you spoke of reality check. Tell us a little bit more about that. That sounds important.
1: You know, you gotta look and understand, you, you, we all have goals, and we all, we all do. And, and by the way, I do believe you should write a, wouldn't it be great goal? I mean, that's a big theory and theme. We, we have, you know, our clients create goals. But we say, well, what's your, wouldn't it be great goal? And I've done that every year for the past five years, and Michael, I've always hit my wouldn't it be great goal. So the, you are great. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's great, it's great, I'm not great. <laughs> no, Massimo by superb means great, but that's a different story. It wouldn't be great goal. So the reality check is, let's look at what we're doing, and then do we have everything in place? The, the resources, which is time, obviously, are we allocating the time, planning on the business, right? Do we have the capital, are we investing where we need to invest in ourselves and our business? And last not to the resources, the people. That's the reality check, to make sure that's all in place.
0: I like that, so a a regular goal and a great goal. And I guess you could also bring that down to to daily and weekly, right? So if you have a certain amount of calls and things you're wanting to make could be a goal that maybe a minimum goal that that you're committing to and then a great goal. Like those days you feel good. The
1: days you feel good, and the days you feel good, you better take advantage of it and continue the process of asking for more business the day you, you feel good. But yes, we break it down and we look at the activities and we can tell good day, bad day, was I paid today or not? That's how we look at it.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. And, you know, we do something called Operation Fast Track and where we had the goals too high daily and weekly and monthly, it became a problem. But we realized if we make the minimum goals low enough that you can hit them every day, that it was key. So I like the other goals called the great goals. And we're going to have more great goals for you with Rod Santamassimo with the Massimo Group. And I'm Michael Boyle, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out our show on YouTube. Uh, you'll find a great selection of videos like Reese on Real Estate and The Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. You're invited to subscribe so you don't miss a show of special interest to you. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing best practices to sell your professional services. And we have Rod Santamassimo here in the studio with us in Atlanta. And uh, Rod, I love your book, The uh, Brokers Who Dominate. And uh, you have a lot of traits in there of successful brokers. Can you tell us about some of the key traits of these successful salespeople?
1: Uh, certainly. Uh, there's no doubt. We call it, it's, it's more, think it DART, D-A-R-T, uh, of those, those traits. Uh, they all actually line up. But number one, be disciplined. There's no doubt. You know, discipline is, is tough. It's tough to be disciplined. It's it hard to be disciplined. It takes yeah. work. It
0: you know, took discipline to get out of bed this morning. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know,
1: it, it, and most of these businesses we're talking about today, it, you know, especially in the commercial real estate sector, it's it's not an easy job it's not even not a job it's a career so it takes a lot of discipline and many many factors number two would be you have to be assertive you you absolutely we find top producers now we can work around not being assertive from a natural behavior standpoint but there has to be an assertive approach to your business um not aggressive there's a difference there's a big difference but you have to be assertive Uh, Of the four, I'd say three would be relationships. You have to have the key relationships. We talked about presence earlier, but really the key relationships to leverage and really truly leverage them to make your business grow. And those relationships are both internal and external. We'll talk about that a little bit on the fourth one, and that's a team. Everybody needs a team. And I don't care if it's a single individual producer sitting in a bullpen, He or she needs a team. If that's an outsourced person across the globe, that's their team member to start off, so be it. But everyone needs a team.
0: Let's talk about teams a little bit, because I think a lot of people are interested in that. So what you're saying is even if you're a sole agent at, at a company and you don't have a, a team per se that you can use outside sources so that you if you need desktop publishing or you need coaching or you need research there's uh, ways to get that and create your own team
1: absolutely when yeah. you when you look at what you do every day and you talked about working in the business and networking on the business and all you're doing is chasing transactions and deals and opportunities because you don't really understand the power of delegation uh, i listened to malcolm gladwell last night on uh uh, not as good a show, but the second best show and uh, Malcolm Gladwell's the second best host, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, after you. But he really talked about those that really succeed, those that move forward. And we find it find to be true with our clients as well. They, they agree. They understand and accept delegation and the, how it empowers them to grow their business
0: okay and in commercial real estate and i guess that it's also happened in uh, residential real estate uh that there are internal teams where you'll have a couple rainmakers and they'll have an analyst and they'll have you know business generation folks and transaction management tell us about a little bit about those teams and some advantages uh, of those teams
1: well we really work with clients across north america and they have teams as large as we have one client with a team of 20 20 and he's at the top and he does certain level of goals and of, of, of opportunities, and it's actually a tiered system down a pyramid of, a branch of what size deals they all work on. They all have certain roles, but they all work on certain deals. Then we have teams, we have a team in New York that has 11 people, they all have specific roles. There's one or two rainmakers, some producers, some fulfillers, some graphic designers, but they're different. But Overall, you see teams of three to five potentially working on different roles of find, win, fulfill, that that continuum of business of find, win, fulfill, and they specialize in one of those three or two pillars, and the team rolls and works that way.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the members of that team. So let's say that I'm a rainmaker, and uh, and and I think I need a team. Who, who do I need? I, do, I don't need three more rainmakers, right? <laughs> you,
1: you don't need three more <laughs> rainmakers, no, because we
0: you know we're just golfing buddies. We're then, just right? golfing buddies,
1: <laughs> and that's all we are, right? We're yeah. like we're like kind folks, and yeah. and so that's why you know I found in building my team, I found people did things that are much brighter than I am in anything, and that mm-hmm. doesn't take too much, Michael. It really doesn't. And, and number two is. They really had a passion for doing that thing, whether it be marketing or accounting or or fulfilling or, or facilitating. And the same with teams of if you're a mortgage broker or an attorney or a, a, a real estate broker, figure out what you're passionate about and what, more importantly, makes you money. I mean, Michael, if you love to do marketing stuff all day long, that's great, but is it going to make you money, right? So let's focus on things that are going to make you money and then delegate from there.
0: Okay. And let's look back at those. Those brokers that that you talk right about in your book, when you look at them as a whole, what were some of the traits that you think that that really helped them in their business behavior, if you will, that helped make them successful?
1: Well, I'll go back to the, you know I don't want to pick one trait over the other because there's just so there's all eight so so important, but you know. Sometimes we feel like we're going to get in shape, right? I'm going to get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym. <laughs> I'm getting in shape this year. This is the year. Yeah. And so we, we go to the gym. We get P90X. We do something crazy, right? And we hurt ourselves. But um, but it, it works after a while. Sometimes it doesn't work. You find these top producers, it's never an option. It's a way of life. It's a natural behavior. They get up early. They make 200 calls a week. Yes, top producers making 200 calls a week. Whatever it might take, because they know this one key trait is going to have a major impact on their production. So that discipline, I would say, Michael, of Alden's the one I would just shout out immediately.
0: Well, that's amazing. I, I talked to a group of, of brokers at one point, and, uh, and uh, they talked about why some bright guys at MBAs and well-educated, uh, great guys that were getting into commercial real estate and failing. And one of the, the consensus of the group was that they thought they had a job and that they were coming in when the staff got there and the staff left, and, uh, and they just weren't making it. But then he turned around and asked these guys who were making lots of money, and he asked them how many hours they're working, and, and even though they're at a huge success level in their, in their business, you know, they're working 60 or 70 hours a week, but they're loving it, they're having fun. So we'll talk about balance. We'll talk about some more success strategies for business development and salespeople. Since we have Rod Santamassimo here with the Massimo Group, this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800. 800- four zero eight bull welcome back i'm michael bull and this is the commercial real estate show we'd like to announce a new service that we have on the show it's called ask michael bull every business day i will answer a listener question on a video you can check it out the Twitter account Ask Michael Bull or on the YouTube channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing best practices to sell your professional services with Rod Santamassimo. And Rod, one thing I've noticed that, regardless of the industry, sports or what have you, it seems to be the real top producers that are already top producers, are the ones that hire coaches not as much it seems as the, the lower tier 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 people. Why is that?
1: I think it's twofold. Uh, number one, top producers, top athletes, they, they're just not satisfied. They mm-hmm. always wanna get better. I mean, hitting goals is nice to these folks, mm-hmm. but we can do more. There's always more. And and I, I like that. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. I know you're like that, mm-hmm. where we have success, but we can always do more. So mm-hmm. that's one reason. Number two is top producers realize it's an investment in a great asset themselves. Whereas sometimes the, the, those that aren't producing as well think, well, it's kind of an expense and I can't afford it. and that's not their that's not the approach the perspective or in fact the reality of what coaching is all about it's an investment
0: yeah well I think that's interesting I mean, you look back at Michael Jordan and, and Larry Bird who were great at, at basketball and, and they hired their own personal coaches on top of that and and I read about a great insurance agent who was making tons and tons of money and was very top of his game but he hired a, a coach and and that coach wasn't gonna help him learn how to sell insurance but he was gonna hold him accountable right
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, that's a great thing. Well, if you're a motivated salesperson, business generation person, what should be your favorite radio show?
1: Well, your f- this should be your favorite <laughs> radio show. Let's get that straight. Okay, commercial real estate show should be the f- yeah. number one. But after that, then certainly it's uh, WIFM. What's in it for me? And not me, the, the Sales individual person. salesperson, but actually for my client. And right. you think in that term, because everyone has that station. So everything you do, everything you put out, every marketing piece, every presence piece, every prospecting initiative, you should understand that your targeted audience, all they care about, besides your show, Michael, <laughs> is WIFM, What's In It For Me. And that's true.
0: Well, I think that's great advice. I mean, I'll see people who do a trans, uh, transaction-based letter or their bio or something. They just start coming, I do this and my company's great and all this. Well, you know, that's not what people want to hear. They want to know what's, what's the benefit to them to, to read or, or talk to you, right?
1: Right. Absolutely true.
0: So, so Rod, let's let's end this show with a great tip for people who are in sales and, and business generation. What kind of closing tip would you have for them?
1: Well, it comes down to the investment, and, and we talked about it. There, there is no greater asset that any salesperson or business owner has. It is just absolutely true than themselves. That is their greatest asset themselves. And do they choose to invest in that or not? And invest in many ways. Get a partner. Get an accountability partner. You know, get a coach or invest in a program of self-education whatever it might be but invest in yourself because number one it'll be the highest return it absolutely empirically shown to be the highest return of your investment dollars and number two it's the most it's the least risky investment you can make because you control it you control that return completely based on your actions no yeah. one else
0: yeah because you're not counting on anyone else you're counting on yourself well, that's interesting. As I had a broker tell me he was coming uh, that works at my shop and said, I'm investing in this real estate. And I said, Well, what's your return going to be? Oh, maybe 12 or 14%. I said, What if you spent that same amount of money on your own business? Where do you think return would be? He thought about it said, Probably 100%. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely true. So whether you're investing in that team that, that is outsourced, or maybe you're investing in coaching, or maybe you're investing in training, maybe you're investing in software. It could be anything, right?
1: Anything, absolutely anything.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Rod, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate your insight.
1: Always my pleasure, Michael. Thank you.
0: Well, I recommend the Massimo Group if you're in any sales or business generation uh, position. And if you'd like more from Rod, visit Massimo Group.com. That's M A S S I M O Group. Com. Well, I'd like to invite you to join me next week. I'll share my top 10 strategies for success for commercial agents. Thanks for joining, joining us this week. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by your friends at Bull Realty, France Media, Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Wiseman, Noack, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com.